Church, how y'all doing this morning? All right, I'm excited to be in the house of the Lord. Every Sunday I say I'm excited to be in the house of the Lord. Um, We were talking at dinner on Friday night, I think it was at dinner, and I said how important coming to church is for me because I need it. I need to realign myself. I need to refocus myself uh, and just to fill myself with the presence of God um, in in community so that I can go out and do the good works that God has prepared for me in advance to do throughout the week. I can't do it any other way. And I look at Jesus. There's a scripture um, in Luke where Jesus went and he prayed all night. And I have a note next to us like, what did he talk about all night long to the Father? Like, what words, I actually, what words did he say all night long? Like, I have a lot of words when I want to. I don't know that I would have that many words, and I'm, I am genuinely curious. But if Jesus realigned, if Jesus reconnected with the Father so often, how much more do we need to reconnect? And there's no better place to do it than in a community of believers. Uh, there's no better place to do it than within a family. So stand with me. Uh, I'm going to do a call to worship out of Psalm 28. But before, I, before we do that, as, as I was praying with the worship team this morning, the Lord just dropped in my spirit, death to life. Death to life. And so some of you maybe came in here this morning feeling dead, feeling like there are things in your life, dreams that were dead or emotions that were dead or whatever it is. I am telling you this morning that the presence of the Lord wants to bring life to those places in your life that you thought were dead. He wants to bring life to relationships that you thought were dead. In particular, your relationship with him. That you came in here thinking you had to strive, you had to perform, you had to do something. You didn't read your Bible, you didn't pray, you didn't do this, you didn't do that, and you're feeling bad about it. He is saying no more. And he wants to restore that relationship with him. So that reading your Bible is not a chore or a task, but it's out of the overflow because you want to know him more. And so I feel like this word, death to life, I just want, to, I want you to think about that as you're, as you're singing to him, as you're worshiping him, because only he, only he, church, can take something from death and turn it into life. I can't do it. You can't do it. You can't try harder to make it happen. Only he can make something go from death to life. Psalm 28 says this, Blessed be the Lord. Blessed he has heard the voice, because because he has heard the voice of my supplications. The Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusted in him and I am helped. Therefore, my heart greatly rejoices and with my song I will Praise him. The Lord is their strength, and he is the saving refuge of his anointed. Save your people and bless your inheritance. Shepherd them also and bear them up forever. Father, we just enter into worship with that word. We enter in with your with just your goodness and your faithfulness. Father, we thank you, Lord. You are moving us from death to life today. What was once dead has been being brought back to life today. Father, we thank you for your miracle-working power. We worship you this morning. 
We give you all the honor and the praise and the glory. In your precious name we pray. Amen. Let's worship. I have a sense, church, that we're going to take a few minutes as we uh, enter into communion. And some people are going to get free today. We're going to speak the name of Jesus over some situations this morning. And um, as I'm, well, let me think about this for a minute. We're going to come up at some point and you're going to get your elements and you're going to go back to your seats. We're going to sing the song and we're going to apply the power of the cross today. We're going to grab hold of the forgiveness of sins. We're going to grab hold of healing for our bodies. Um, the plate in the center is gluten-free. When you come, you're going to come down the aisle straight at the table, and you're going to circle back to your seats so that we don't have any people running into one another. What I feel like some people need to understand, and I needed taught, I'm a woman who has been taught of the Lord. I am a woman who has been taught of the Lord. And he has used so many people to teach, to speak into my life. But it's the Holy Spirit who has taken those teachings and made them revelation. And one teaching that I heard that just brought freedom was this teaching about separation. If you are here and you have trusted Jesus with your life, if you have made him your Lord and your Savior, and if you have grabbed hold of the power of the cross, the forgiveness of sins and the love of God, then you need to know that the sin that you, is in your life and that you struggle with is not who you are. It's not who you are. It has come in under a scheme. It has come in on a plan, on a multi-front assault plan that the devil has specifically for you. And it has entered in. Sometimes it's entered in generations before. Those are the strong ones. But it has entered in and it has taken up residence. And sometimes we, we, we lock hands with the sin and we partner with sin because it works for us. It works for us. I've, I've been very transparent over the past few weeks of how when I was a little girl in a very scary household, a, very, a household filled with violence, fear came alongside and said, I'm going to help you. I'm going to keep you safe. And I partnered. Yes, please. I'll do whatever you say. Do you know that it took 46 years to finally break free that partnership? But I have fought over and over and over and it's when God opened my eyes. So my prayer always for y'all, for every person, is open eyes. Jesus is the eye opener. He is the one who came in that miracle so exclusive to Christ. He opened the eyes of the blind. Today, God, I pray in the name of Jesus that eyes would be open today. God, I pray that, that this, this doctrine of separation would be real. God, that that men would get free from pornography this morning because that's not who you are. It's a violation. It, it, it has come into your boundaries and you have every right to say, you disgust me, you vile and sick scheme of the enemy. Be gone in Jesus' name. I stand against you. Men, invite Jesus in at the very first thought. Point to it. Jesus, look at that. Look at that. That's not for me. Jesus, you take that. You take that because I can't win. You do it, God. Wasn't my plan to hone in on that specific thing. But guys, we got to get real. We got to get free. Condemnation. 
condemnation comes against you. That voice, it's a bully. It's not God. It's not him. It tells you you need to read your Bible more. It says it in a way that isn't beckoning. It says it in a way that's just bullying. The Lord God beckons us to know him and not to let anything get in our way. He doesn't have a requirement that you read your Bible daily to come into his presence and let him love you. One is an overflow and outpouring of the other. Condemnation will beat the snot out of you. It will turn your eyes to others and it will glorify man and say, why aren't you more like him? I just want to be more like that guy. just want to be more like that woman. It's, It's a spirit of condemnation. It is not who you are. So church, I just speak freedom over this body today, over this people today. We're going to take communion. And I just want, I just want, as you, as you go back to your seats, I want you to sit down today. And we're going to sing this song as we come up to get the elements. We're going to just sing through it again. And I want you to imagine, I want you to use the imagination God gave you. And I want you to see, I want you to see that thing those things that you struggle with, whether it's fear, fear of failure, condemnation, pornography, uh, just comparing, feeling less than, stomach issues, headaches, anxiety, depression. I want you to see the religious spirit. It's got to go today in the name of Jesus. I'm not going to have it. I'm not going to have it anywhere where I sit in authority. And I sit in authority over this church And I'm not going to have it, church. I'm not going to have it. Spirit of religion, you've got to go in Jesus' name. We are a people of grace and mercy. We are a people who receive fully the love of God, and we don't let anything get in our way. We don't receive it because we perform well. We don't receive it because we're good or because we're, we're, we're knowledgeable. We receive it because it was offered. It was given as a free gift, and we take hold of it, and nothing's going to get in our way. In Jesus' name, I want you to use the imagination that God gave you, and I want you to see those things that you're grappling with, whether it's how you feel about yourself as a mom, you feel like you're failing, I want you to see it. I want you to see it as something that's gripping you, not as something that's in you, something that's gripping you separate. And we're going to take communion and we're going to speak Jesus. And I want you to see if it's a sin, I want you to see the blood of Jesus. As we take it, I need you to see it washing over, washing away your sins, because that's the reality. That's the reality. And I know, I know that if you can get a hold of this reality, then you can be free of that sin. You can have power over, we have power over sin and death and destruction. What's keeping us from taking it? I want you to see that sin and that struggle. And I want you to see the blood of Jesus washing over it. Anxiety, depression, sickness, pain. I want you to see it as something that is coming upon you. And I want, you to, I, want, I want you to see as we take communion today, you rising up and the body, the broken body of Jesus. He took our sickness. He took, he took it and he bore it on the cross. So we're going to apply communion today. We're not going to mindlessly come up and take it. Not that we ever do. But 
we're going to get free today. Go ahead. I release you. You can come up and you can get the elements. We're going to sing this song. We're going to use the, the imagination that God gave us to see, to see spiritual realities taking place this morning. In Jesus' name. we just thank you for your name, the name above every other name, the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow, every tongue will confess, the name of Jesus, strongholds are broken, the power of the cross, and the cleansing of our sins, so we bring them all to you this morning, we bring them to you this morning. We thank you for your cleansing, for your washing over us. That you paid that price for us. Your body broken, your blood shed. We thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. The Bible says, For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you. The Lord Jesus, in the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. We had given thanks, he broke it. He said, take, eat, this is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Let us partake. Bible says in the same manner he also took the cup after supper saying this cup is the new covenant in my blood this do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me for as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes let us partake Lord we just thank you Lord we thank you Lord we worship you Lord, we thank you. You are changing lives this morning. You are opening blind eyes this morning. You are healing bodies this morning. You are restoring souls this morning. You are doing what only you can do. Things that were dead, you are bringing to life this morning. We praise you for it. We glorify you. 
We thank you for it in your precious name. Amen. Stand with me. We're going to continue to worship. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Jesus, we love you. We worship you. We thank you, Lord. Lord, you bring us such hope because of your goodness, Lord. The Bible says, teach me your way, O Lord, and lead me in a smooth path because of my enemies. Do not deliver me to the will of my adversaries, for false witnesses have risen against me in such a breath out violence. I would have lost heart unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Lord, I just see your goodness this morning. I see your goodness today. I see your goodness all across this land. I see your goodness in Kentucky, Father God, and what you're doing and moving there, Lord. I just see and sense your goodness. And we thank you, Lord, that you are moving, you are working, you are changing lives. You are leading men and women to repentance because of your goodness, because of your goodness. And we thank you, Lord, today, and we worship you, Lord. In your precious name we pray. Amen. Amen. I just feel like the Lord would say, there's nothing heavy. I put nothing heavy on you, sons and daughters. There is nothing frantic. These things are not of me. I feel the Lord would say, because you are mine, because you are mine, I pour out unto you fullness of joy. Because you are mine, I pour out unto you forgiveness and mercy and love. Let there be joy, says the Lord. In the inner places, let there be joy and let there be rejoicing and let there be dancing because nothing heavy do I put on the backs of my people. And I saw, as we were taking communion, I saw in my, I'm doing what I told you to do. In my imagination, I saw an altar, and I'm sitting on the altar, and I'm seeing the washing of the blood and the, the, the application of the, the broken body of Jesus. And I'm putting my hand out against those things that would come upon me, would come against me, that would tempt me into doubt, into unbelief, into fear, into sin. And I put my hand out, and I'm, I'm just receiving. I'm receiving communion, and I'm just in my mind's eye. I'm sitting, and I'm putting my hand out, and as I do it, I see myself begin to grow and I get bigger and those things get smaller and my hand just remained out. And that which was once heavy now is just small and, and under 
my feet. In the application of the blood of Jesus and his body broken. Thank you, Father. Father, I thank you. You put nothing heavy on us. And we rejoice in you. We rejoice in you. In Jesus' name. I get excited and I don't want to do little. No one else might be feeling that, but I'm feeling it. Drive to Kentucky. God's not, he's not exclusive to Kentucky. I've been just, you want to go, Maxie? You did? Awesome. I've been talking to him about that all week. Like, God, you are good. You're good here. You're good now. You're good. Revival's in us. It's in us individually. Mm. Revive us, O oh Lord, today by your word, in your word. We're going to just take a couple minutes. In these couple minutes, we give you space of time to do a few things. You get to say hi to people, check in with people, find out how they're doing. The short version, not the long version. We just have about five minutes. Um, if you are guests here, we welcome you. On the back of the seat, there's a connection card. If you give us your email, we just send a welcome email. It hooks you up into our website. We're here to answer questions. Um, we're here to pray with you. You don't have to attend church here for us to pray with you and to partner with you in Christ. Those connection cards, church members, you know, prayer requests, praise reports, testimonies, um, those go in the offering buckets. The offering buckets will be sitting up here during the break. Uh, bring your tithes and your offerings to the Lord with great cheer, knowing that as you sow seed, it is he who, he, he plants and he waters and it grows and he does the growing and he supplies seed to the sower. So the seed we sow is the seed he's given us in the first place. I've never run out of seed. I'm just saying. I have not yet run out of seed. So praise God. Um, also, then if you have kids, so if your kids want to stay in the service and listen to the message, um, over in Kid Corner, we have bags um, by age and grade that has little things for them to do, helps keep their hands busy. Our kids lay on the floor, they play with their little animals. I have to shush them every once in a while, and that's, that's great. We love the kids, and they hear the word. They get it. They get it. They sense the move of the Spirit. So um, go ahead and head back to Kid Corner if you are interested in one of those bags. We have bags from toddler all the way up to, like, sixth grade. Uh, nursery is open, kids zero to three. Nursery is open and staffed. But we also have Little's Ministry. Little's Ministry um, is ages four, five, and six. Uh, they have a lot of fun. They learn about character, and they're, I think they're learning about love this month, what love is, and how they can enter and partner in to love. So um, they have a lot of fun in that classroom as well. We also have the family room open if you need to hang with your child and still hear the message. Anything else? Let's take a couple minutes, and then we're going to come back together, and we're going to hear the word. Okay, we ready? You guys ready? You are born ready, right? said that to somebody the other day. I was like, you ready? Like, I was born ready. It's like, okay, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> okay, I have a couple announcements uh, for us this morning. Uh, the first one is we have a Bible study uh, that's going to be happening on Sunday mornings. It's called Prepare to Stand. Uh, it's happening on uh, Sunday mornings uh, be between 8.30 and 9.30. 
starting on, oh, there it is behind me, on, starting on March 5th, it'll be up at the Rose Center, which is the white uh, farmhouse building right when, <clears throat> right when you come in. And uh, Eden Miller will be teaching it. Eden, can you stand up for us? Okay, that's Eden if you don't know Eden. Uh, there's a sign-up on the back table, so if you're interested in that after church, just uh, go back there. She'll be back there with the sign-up sheet, can answer any questions. It's an eight-week uh, video-driven Bible study that Eden will help facilitate some questions with, but it's led by, video-driven by Pastor Andrew uh, Brunson, who was imprisoned in Turkey uh, for a couple years, and he talks about his journey and his walk through that, and not so much of the gory details about maybe what happened in prison, but where his heart was. What, is, what was his heart doing? What was his heart all about? And I, I watched the first session. I said that last week. It was fantastic. But some of the sessions, these are the titles of them, Recognizing Danger, Overcoming Fear, Guarding Against an Offended Heart, Building Perseverance, Avoiding Deception. These are some of the titles that are in there. So if you're interested in that, I'd encourage you to sign up. Uh, it is be an eight-week class. They'll probably take a break for Easter but I guess that will depend on the class uh, and when they get together. So if you're interested, please sign up in that. Uh, the second announcement we have is the Luciano uh, Life Group meets tonight. So that will be this evening here at 6.30 p.m. right here in the sanctuary. And I know uh, Paul and Luana have been traveling. I know I do see Luana here. I know Paul's not here this morning. Uh, but they've been traveling back and forth. So where's Chet? Chet is in the back there. Chet is going to be teaching the class again this month. He did that last month as well. Uh, and so I heard it was a very powerful session. I believe he's going to be talking about authority as well. At least he did last month. And he'll probably follow up a little bit with it uh, this evening as well. Uh, so interested in that, I encourage you to come out. That's once a month on the third Sunday at 630 right here. And then the last announcement we have is the Bible reading plans for March are available on that back table. So we're reading through the New Testament during the weekdays, and then the Psalms and Proverbs on the weekends. Uh, and so, like, for instance, this morning was Psalm 27 and 28. And when I read them, if you didn't notice, the call to worship was from Psalm 28. And when I closed the, uh, the worship part of our service down, I read out of Psalm 27. So I know these are just a Bible reading plan, and it seems like they're randomly selected as far as what's happening, but God is moving, and God moves through his word. And when I read something in the Bible, it's just, it ends up being so applicable to that day, it's kind of like, oh my gosh, I can't believe that. Why would we not believe that? Of course, it's God's word. It's living and breathing, and it's affecting our lives every day. Amen? Amen. Okay, well, I'm going to continue to uh, worship the Lord in our offering. I have a uh, scripture here I want to read out of Acts chapter 4, starting in verse 32, it says this, Now the multitude of those who believed were of one heart and one soul. Neither did anyone say that any of the things he possessed was his own, but they had all things in common. And with great power the apostles gave witness to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great grace was upon them all. Nor was there anyone among them who lacked. For all who were possessors of land or houses, when they sold them and brought the proceeds of the, of the things as they were sold, and laid them at the apostles' feet, and they were distributed to each as anyone had need. What a wonderful model and a picture of the local church coming together, sowing seeds of tithes and offerings, not only for the church, but to meet the needs of the others and those around them. And that's what we want to do here at the church and what we do do here at Erie Christian Fellowship. So let's just pray over our offering this morning.
Heavenly Father, we just thank you, Lord, for every gift, every giver. Father, we thank you, Lord, that you are just so faithful and so good to us. Father, we thank you, Lord, that you see every need that we have and that you command us, Lord, to not worry about money. So, Lord, to this morning, we don't worry about money. We speak that, Father God, we receive that, we believe it in faith, that we will not worry about money, but we will seek your kingdom and your righteousness, Lord, and your promise is that all these things shall be added unto us. And so, Father, we receive all those things as they're added unto us. We give you honor and glory for it. In your precious name we pray. Amen? Amen. All right, Pastor Liz is going to give us a message today. I'm looking forward to hearing what she's got to say. He's pretending like he didn't read my notes this morning as he lovingly loaded them into the notebook while I was sleeping. He's so sweet. Um, I don't know if I'm going to preach from my notes this morning. I like to prepare because I think that's responsible, but I'm also not someone who usually ministers out of preparation. I minister out of the inspiration, minister out of the unction of the Holy Spirit. I'm someone who doesn't always have chapter and verse. can't tell you where to find it, but I know it's in there, and I know what it says. So um, I'm just going to start with prayer. Father, we just come before you this morning. God, I thank you um, for the opportunity to stand here and be used by you. Um, God, I thank you that you use each and every one of us in ways that are specific to us, God, and that you cherish us. You cherish each one of us, God, and I thank you that you have prepared good works for each of us to accomplish in order to bring you glory, God, in order to just partner and be a part of what you're doing here, be a part of bringing your kingdom um, to earth, God. We get to be a part of that, Father, and I just thank you and praise you for that today. Father, I just pray uh, just a blessing over the words of my mouth and the thoughts of my brain. Father, let the filter be activated, the filter of your Holy Spirit, God. Let only those things that bring you glory and bring revelation and um, and motivation and encouragement be, be what comes forth, Father. I just thank you uh, that you are with us, you are for us, and that you have a good plan for this word today. I pray in Jesus' name, amen. All right, so I want to start. One, I didn't send scriptures to the AV team because that's not how I roll. So um, I do have a picture. I, I think I texted Sid last night. Maybe last night. Yeah, it was last night. I was like, sorry, it's late, but you know, it's me, dot, dot, dot. And I love her. She knows. So um, I'm just going to read the key scripture that we have been uh, teaching out of throughout this whole series on the believer's authority. Nope, put that off. We're not ready for that yet. You're giving away all my goods. <laughs> I'm just going to read this key scripture. Um, it's out of Mark 16. It's the Great Commission. Um, and it starts in verse 15. And he said to them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will follow those who believe. In my name they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents, and if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. Pastor Jason has been teaching out of the scripture. Uh, we got to hear from Pastor Andy one week, which was great. Um, and I sit down there each week, and i just like, oh, that's so good, and oh, that's so good. And it's probably like four weeks ago, the Lord began sowing the seed like, this, this, mess, this series isn't going to end until you get up and share. 
And it, he, I'm glad. He gives me a few weeks. He knows it takes me a while to onboard, um, to onboard to obedience sometimes, um, unfortunately. So I love when I get to sit and I get to partake of, of what the Lord is bringing through, through Pastor Jason and Pastor Andy. Um, this morning, I wanted to also read uh, out of Matthew chapter 28 and 18 and 20. Uh, this is the Great Commission, I believe, in Matthew. It says, And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Therefore, oh, go, go, therefore, and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. Um, what pops out at me in that scripture is that Jesus has been given all authority, all of it. If, if he has been given all authority, then the devil has none. And we, we were blessed with uh, Reverend Jeremy Gall, uh, always a blessing to me. And something that struck me, a couple of things struck me, all the devil has is lies. He's the father of lies. That's all he can do. He has to lie because he has no power. He has no true power, no real power, no authority. So he has to lie. It's his only play. It's his only tool. All he has is lies, threats, and intimidation. And fear, he, fear I feel like is just his like big weapon is his main thing because fear causes many to forfeit their authority and their power. And as I was writing those things, I was thinking of um, World War II. I was thinking of this mass number of people, how they were, we all think like, oh, well, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I would have fought, I would have this, or I would have that. But the spirit of fear steals. And it was all lies and threats and intimidation. A crowd of a hundred could overtake, you know, 20 soldiers. But fear, lies, threats, and intimidation causes, fear causes many of us to forfeit our authority and our power. It's why in the word it says, do not fear over and over and over and over again. I am with you, he says, over and over and over again. So I feel like he's up there. He's always rooting for us. He's always trying to get us to stand up, stand up. I'm with you. Don't be afraid of that. Stand up. Don't be plagued by that thing. Stand up. I'm with you. So uh, Jeremy Gall also, he had this analogy. I love analogies. I love pictures. I work with pictures in my head, and they just help me. There is no point in me coming and sitting here week after week if I can't apply it on Monday. I'm just like this hugely practical person. I have eight children. You know, um, we lead the church together. There's a lot of things. I mean, I have piles of laundry. My husband doesn't load the dishwasher right. No, I'm just kidding. He actually does it just fine. Um, but there's things, there's practical things, and God doesn't despise us. He doesn't despise the practical aspects of our life. So I love analogies and I love pictures because I need to apply this stuff. Um, Jeremy talked about power. He, he kept saying, you know, if you have a power source and you have a working light bulb, you turn that switch and the light dispels the darkness. He's like, you never see a, a fight. You never see this battle for the light of the light bulb to overtake the darkness. You flip that switch and light overtakes darkness. And I wrote in my notes... Um, it, it happens instantly and completely, but I wrote in my notes, be a working light bulb. 
so that's what I took from that analogy is I have a power source. I need to be a working light bulb. Like that's my role is to be the light. Um, I feel like Jesus has switched. The switch has been switched once and for all. Darkness defeated. And now it's my job to be a working light bulb. Um, we have a kitchen pantry that used to be a coat closet. And the light is ancient. The house, the middle of the house itself is almost 100 years old. And I replaced the light in that closet. And I, I put on a fixture that has like a pull cord. And it worked fine for a while. But now I turn it on and it, it comes on and then it goes off and it flickers. And you have to tap the bulb and then it turns on. And I always think, yeah, this is safe. <laughs> this seems safe. Um, but the, the light bulb was working for a while and now it's spotty. I have no idea why I haven't investigated yet. Um, <laughs> probably should investigate. But I want to be a working light bulb. And that's what I took away last week. And that's what I went to the Lord with. This week in preparing, I was just like, Lord, this is important. Like, this is important. This is my part. He is faithful. He's always faithful. The power is there. The work has been finished. What is my part? And how can I grow? And how can I, what can I do to be the most powerful and effective light bulb to defeat darkness, to bring people to the knowledge, the saving knowledge of Jesus. How can I be that working light bulb? So as I was sitting down and I was preparing, I read through the scriptures. Um, I'm not a preacher or a teacher. I'm an encourager, an exhorter, um, a mom. So uh, when I take authority, we're talking about authority. We're talking about the believer's authority, spiritual authority. Authority isn't something you try to have. Trying to have authority is dangerous um, because there will always be that pushback against authority. And kids in particular, they know the weak spots. They, know, they just inherently know. And it's just nature, it's human nature to, you know, test the boundaries and find the weak spots, especially when you're a kid. Um, but all these weeks that we've been talking about, that uh, Pastor Jason's been talking about spiritual authority, I just think how the Lord taught me. He taught me all the things. He taught me all the things in raising my kids. Um, so many spiritual lessons, but taking authority is one of them. The authority in my home is unquestioned. It's not questioned. I have authority. I am mom. It will be as I say it will be. Now, that authority was built on trust, love, compassion. It was built on things in my home so that they readily submit to authority. By God's grace, I say, thank you, Jesus. I have one, well, let me think, one, two, three, four teenagers. Well, Anna's about to be 21 years old. Does that make anyone feel old, remembering when she was born? She's about to turn 21, but four teenage girls have come up, and there's a trust there. They trust me, um, and God has, has helped me in that. But when I walk into a room, let's talk about not the oldest four. Let's talk about the youngest four. <laughs> it's a whole different ballgame. <laughs> when I walk into a room and there's some nonsense going on that they know shouldn't be going on, I mostly don't even have to say anything. I just walk into the room, and they, I arrest the activity. I arrest the activity that is violating the law of the land, um, and I loved how Jeremy shared how he, uh, the Ouija board was being done in the college dorm down the hall, and his friend was like, hey, let's go check it out. And he's like, that's fine. We'll go check it out, but that thing's not going to work when I'm in the room because I'm not going to allow any d demons to manifest where I am. I mean, he's a college kid, right? 
And I pray that my kids, I actually, I know, I know for a fact that some of them would have none of it. Um, uh, I pray that all of them would have none of it, but they're growing up in that. So he did, he walked down the hall and as soon as he walked into the room, excuse me, the room, the thing stopped working. He didn't have to say anything. He didn't do anything. He didn't have to command or he didn't have to take authority. He had authority. So I walk into the room at my home and I I often don't have to do anything. And I arrest the activity that is violating the law just because I walk in authority. I keep it. I've got it all the time. It's not something I set down and pick up. I have it. Now, sometimes I go in and I have to, sometimes I have to do one of these. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. And that'll do it. And then sometimes there has to be words. Jason shared the testimony of us driving in the car recently. I feel like it was um, last summer. And we hydroplaned for like the first time. Actually, I hydroplaned twice in a month for the first time in all the years I've been driving, which is a lot of years. Um, But that time, I was, I was, kind of down. It was like scrunched down. It was early. I'm not early. I'm not an early person. Rise up early and, you know, spend time with Jesus. I'll be like, I'll see you tonight after everyone's in bed. Um, <laughs> so I was scrunched down and um, I felt it and I popped up in my seat and I just like smacked the dashboard in the name of Jesus. Like, really? And I, my, I mean, your heart gets going because I mean, the car went, the car went sideways and um, it corrected immediately. Like, it corrected immediately. Immediately. It was amazing. It was amazing. But I had no doubt. I mean, it was just like, it was one of these, uh-uh. What, what, do you, what is this? This is not, uh-uh. Um, now, there were things that prepared me for that moment in that this trip was ordained by the Lord. This trip was called for by the Lord. We were going on this trip out of obedience to the Lord. We were excited to go on the trip because it was to the beach, and it was just us, and it was lovely. But I, I gain confidence in my authority by knowing what's supporting it. In my home, my authority is supported by my title, by my position, um, by the fact that they were born to me, the fact that I pay the bills. Well, we pay the bills. By the fact that I am, you know, there's trust. They trust me. I've built, I've built a foundation to my authority that makes it strong. I walk in it with strength. When we stepped into leadership of the church, that was hard. That was difficult. I mean, I, this is not something I ever was ever on my radar. So this morning, when I took authority over a religious spirit, over this congregation, did I sound unsure? Because I wasn't. But that's four years of allowing the Lord to grow me and to, to kind of pull off of me insecurity or pull off of me false beliefs about who I was and what, what place I have and, you know, what he's called me to do. Like, you called me to be a mom. I did it. I did it times eight. Like, I all the way did it. Why don't, you know, don't I, don't I get to be left alone for a while? And he says, no, I've been training you up. I've been calling you up. I've been calling you up to parent and to pastor a larger flock. So, that authority that I stood in this morning, I saw it. I'm excited for what, for what happened this morning. I'm excited for testimonies from it because um, I didn't have to work to get that authority. I, I walked in it. So be a working light bulb. I was like, Lord, show me. You know, show me, show me what supports our authority in the word. Like Jesus said it. And that's, that's, that should be enough, but it's not always enough. 
I, I mean, I'm just being honest, you know, like he said, I'm healed. That doesn't mean every time I'm struggling against a physical issue, I say it and it happens immediately every time. I have to stand on it. I have to contend for it um, so often. So um, the devil, he is persistent. I mean, I don't like to give him any credit of any kind, but I will say that he is persistent and he is skillful at his craft. Um, and I think it's important that we as believers understand that, uh, that he will take every inch. He will violate the boundary over and over and over and over again as much and as deep. He will penetrate as deep as he can go, as deep as he can get. And his goal is to bear fruit in our lives. I had a great conversation with a couple, um, and the conversation was about was supposed to be about this one thing, but praise God, he invaded that conversation and revealed that there was a root issue here of fear. And I said, there's fruit. The fruit of fear is this. This is the problem you want to talk about, but that's not the problem. That's just the fruit. What's the root? The root is that you are walking in fear in this area of your life. Let's pray about that. Let's get into that. Let's uproot that fear, and you will see that fruit wither. The, the fruit of sin, the fruit of fear, you'll see it wither and there will be victory in, in this area. Um, and he's so good to do that. So I'll take the, I'll t- this is what he showed me. He gave me a picture and um, he gave me a picture. This is how I'm to be a working light bulb. We take authority and we want power. We want power to go out from us. Uh, we talked about in the name of Jesus. If you use the name of Jesus and it doesn't doesn't work. What are the seven, you know, Pastor Jason gave us seven questions to ask um, and to walk, you know, is this biblical? Am I trying to, in the name of Jesus, you know, the Eagles to win the Super Bowl? Well, that's, that's not going to work because you don't get everything you want. It didn't work. You're right. It didn't work. So the Lord gave me this picture, which I'm going to show you. Um, this is the picture he showed me. Uh, I love this morning, we just, it was all about Jesus. Jesus, we love you. He's the cornerstone, the foundation of all the things. And so when I began, when I sat in prayer to begin to prepare for this, for this, uh, this Sunday, I began to meditate on Jesus. I love to meditate on Jesus. It helps to bring me in line with who he really was, um, who the word shows him to be, uh, humble and gentle, kind, full of truth, a minister of freedom, focused. I love the focus of Jesus. He was not distracted. One point, a group of people tried to get him to stay. Stay, stay, stay. You need to stay. And he said, no, that's not the purpose for which I was sent. And I loved that. I loved that. I wanted to stay. I wanted to stay home in motherhood because whew, that was the, I thought that was the purpose for which I was sent. And I was comfortable, and I had learned so much, and was comfortable, uh, but that was not the whole purpose for which I was sent. So uh, he was not distracted. He's focused, generous, accessible, simple in, in his ways. I love simplicity. I do not like complication. Jesus was simple, not simple-minded, but simple in his ways. And he was fully dependent on the Father. This is one of my most favorite things. Jesus is 100% God and 100% man, and yet he came and he set aside that ability to to save himself, to do in his own power, and instead he modeled for us 
that relationship with the Father, that through his sacrifice, we also could have access to that power. So this is the, this is the picture he showed me. Um, spiritual authority is ours. All authority has been given. And um, the word says that greater works than Jesus will do. Not that we'll be greater than Jesus, because we won't be, nor do I desire to be. But I desire to do great works uh, to the glory of the Father. I desire that his kingdom would come. I desire that all strongholds would be broken. Um, so we're just, I'm just going to look at the pillars. Um, we're going to talk through the pillars. Now, I, I do admit there's other pillars, but these are the ones the Lord showed me. I added compassion. I'm going to be honest. I added compassion. I'll tell you why. I asked him, is this okay? Can I add this? And he said, yeah, you can add that. And also there's other, you know, there's other ways you can build this and other things. But the ones he gave me were all of those except compassion. I added that one. Knowledge. In Hosea, it says, my people perish for lack of knowledge. We need to know the word. You have to know what is yours so that you can stand in authority over it (laughs) and you can contend for it. Um, Safety is ours. So when the car began to hydroplane, that is a threat to my safety. It's a no, and there's no conversation about it. It's a no. Come in line. And it came in line. Uh, When our 11-month-old was choking for like, she was only getting partial air for maybe 30 minutes and I wasn't home, and Jason began to contend for her. Um, he, He just began to contend for her in the spiritual realm. We knew this was a spiritual attack. Like, he called me. I was at Chipotle. I was like, no, 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 no. I was like, the enemy cannot have our daughter. He can't even touch our daughter. This is a lie. This is a lie. He's like, Liz, I know. I just want you to come home. I was like, you need to put on that healing scriptures. Like this is, he's like, they're on babe. Just come home. So I made my way home. I refused to speed. I refused to rush. I stopped to get the mail. I got my packages out of the car because the Lord said, do not fear. Now, was that easy? It was the hardest thing I've ever done. As I'm driving down the highway, the devil said, this is your moment. This is the moment where a good mother would freak out. That's what he said. And um, as I'm driving, an ambulance goes down the other side of Route 90. And the devil's like, this is the time for you to actually flip out. You flip out all the time over nonsense things. This is real. This is the time. And the Lord was so clear do not fear. And it was urgent. There was an urgency to it, an importance to it. And what he was saying was, do not let fear cause you to forfeit your authority and power over the life of your daughter. And I felt the weight of that. I knew what he was saying. And so I made a show of it. I made a show. I'm stopping to get the mail. I'm getting out of the car, you know, and I'm walking down the thing. And I just refused to be in fear. When I walked in the door and I saw my daughter, the color of gray. Yeah, the, just gray. Gray like a, like a gray day. Um, this was one of our pinkest babies. She just was a pink baby, blonde hair. Um, and she was gray, and she was drooling, and she wasn't getting enough oxygen to her brain. That's what was happening. And he just handed her to me, and he went in the back, and he just started weeping because contending against an attack of the enemy is difficult. It's a battle. He went back and he just began weeping. And I, I just felt all kinds of things rise up when you see that. And I turned around to go through the the door to the office. I think I was going to go Google, I guess. And I mean, clear as day, no. 
And so I turn to go to the door. There's a no. So I turn back around. I turn a full circle in my kitchen. And I said, God, I need wisdom. I need wisdom now in Jesus' name. It wasn't a question. It was a, and what I know what I was asking is just tell me what to do. Like, what do I do? Do I throw the girl in the car and go to the hospital? Do I call 911? Like, I need to know what to do. And I need it now. And as soon as I spoke those words, she threw up on me. Praise God. And um, I just began to weep and I walked to the bedroom and I set her down on purpose on the floor. She just began to wail. I wanted her to cry. I didn't want to comfort her. I wanted her to wail. So I set her down and I was changing my shirt and she's just wailing and turning completely pink. Um, And afterwards, I was talking to my mom. She's like, Liz, why didn't you call 911? It didn't even occur to us to call 911 because it was an attack of the enemy, and we saw it for that. She wasn't in physical danger. She was in spiritual danger, and thus, by extension, it was an attack through the physical, but her name means life. It's been a, it's been a fight of fear her whole life, and this was an attack of the enemy. So, I mean, I, 911 is an awesome thing. I think you should use it whenever you feel led to use it. But all I can say is it just didn't even occur to us. We fought and we stood in authority in that situation. So I knew the word. That's the point. I knew the word. I knew that he promised wisdom when we asked without finding fault. He would give it generously. And so that's, that's a scripture that rose up out of me. That's what I stood on. Um, knowledge. Know God. What does he sound like? What words does he use as he leads you? What is the pattern of his work in your life? He works in patterns. He, a relationship is unique. My relationship with each and every one of you is different. We have patterns of speaking to one another. We have patterns of time that we spend with one another. I have more access to speak truth into some people's lives than I do into other people's lives. So don't look around and expect that God works just one way. What are the patterns of his faithfulness in your life? How does he speak to you? Know his voice. How does he lead? How does he comfort? How does, how does he bring you into correction? Know him. And then know your enemy. Know your enemy. How does he work? So you can distinguish between the two because you know that the enemy disguises himself. He tries to come. I would not have partnered with fear for 45 years of my adult, like in my adult Christian life, if I had seen it, I didn't see it. He is skillful at what he does. So know what is, what is his scheme against you? He has particular plans against you. One of them for me is to shut up. Nobody wants to hear what you have to say. It is so counter to the call of God on my life. But once I, once I identified the scheme, when I would have a prophetic word and I would feel overwhelmingly that I shouldn't give it, and it was this kind of heavy feeling, I used to wrestle with that. It doesn't happen anymore because what I be, I, once I recognized it as the scheme of the enemy, whenever I would feel it, I'd be like, perfect, thank you. I'm going to go give this word now. It was a sign to me that I'm going to give the word. I would rebel against that heaviness, against the enemy trying to you know, tell me, just be quiet. No, that's not of God. No, you know, no one gives a word about the movie Wonder Woman. That's weird. That's weird. That is a hallmark of the enemy scheme. That's the words he uses for me. That's what he tries to get me. It's what he uses. That's weird. You're going to be, that's going to look weird. I'm willing to look weird for Jesus. I'm growing in that. And that is me 
but it's pressing back against the scheme of the enemy. So know the enemy. Know the language he uses. What if is the language of fear? We're going to talk about faith. The opposite of faith is fear. Um, what if, if you're caught up, what if this and what if that, what if that's arrest it? That's fear. God is what if this happens or what if that, what if I don't do, what if, you know, God is with me. God is for me. Bullying, the bullying voice, that's the enemy. If you don't do this, then God's going to use someone else. That's not how God talks to me. Um, so identifying that. And the reason you need to know your enemy is Master Jason was, he was taking authority over sleep apnea for a time. <laughs> that wasn't the enemy. <laughs> it, was, it was acid reflux that he was struggling with. So it's like discern. Knowing is also discerning, so knowledge. All right, I'm going to keep on moving. Next, I'm going to jump over to faith. I can talk a lot about faith. I've been up here and I've taught on faith before. Um, and I love this definition. Faith is knowledge that has been adopted as true belief to the degree that it effectively changes our present reality to conform to kingdom reality. That's what faith is. I'm going to say it again. Faith is knowledge adopted as true belief to the degree that it effectively changes our present reality to conform to kingdom realities. I've known for a long time up here that God loves me. The Bible says it. The Bible's true. It's this. But the amount of time it's taken me to adopt that knowledge to core belief, to the point that it effectively changes my behavior and the way I respond and react in a situation, that's been a lifelong thing for me, and I still got, I still got you know, steps to take. So faith is something we grow. Faith is something we grow in. Faith leads to actions. Our actions, in, in the reverse, our actions reveal our true beliefs. If I'm blowing up in anger every time someone says dot, 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 I have to back up and say, what am I, why does that trigger me into anger every time? There's a lie somewhere that it, it touches on this in, insecurity. It touches on something in me, and I go off like a bottle rocket. There's something that needs, that needs uh, reconciled in me. There's a lie that needs uprooted, and truth needs to be meditated on. So your actions show your true beliefs. Um, it's a lifelong process. And what I love about faith, or I don't know if I love it, faith is this. Faith is trusting in him, the person of Jesus. Faith is trusting in the character of God. I'm not going to have faith that God's going to do what I'm praying for. I'm going to have faith that God is going to be God in this situation. And then he moves because I know that he's a God of healing. I can pray for healing in the name of Jesus, knowing that God is going to do what he does. He's going to be who he is in this situation. People get in trouble when they start believing in faith that their baby's going to be born on this date or that date, or they're going to have a boy or they're going to have a girl. They start applying faith to things. I mean, don't do it. That's all I'm going to tell you is don't try to get what you think is yours or you want because you might be, God might give it to you, and you could be forfeiting something so much better that he had waiting for you or that he had for you. I think about the Israelites with the quail. They wanted the meat. He's like, I'll give you meat. He gave them so much meat that they were like sick on the meat. So it's just, 
I mean, I don't know if that's the lesson we're supposed to learn from that story, but I have learned, I have learned to not apply my authority to try to take from God that which I think I should have. I rather apply my authority to push back darkness, um, to push back the darkness so that God can be who he is. He is truth. He is light. I let him deal with all the details. Seven daughters and just one son? Okay. It would have been nice to have more than one son, but I didn't want nine kids, so then I wouldn't trade a daughter. So, you know, we go round and round. Um, I trust him. <laughs> I trust him. I love in the Faith Hall of Fame that it's filled, Hebrews chapter 11, Faith Hall of Fame, it's filled with wildly flawed people who believed God in spite of their own weakness, period. They believed God in spite of their own weakness. They stepped out and said, well, if you don't show up, this is going to suck. Did I say that this morning to the Lord? I did. Do I say that to him all the time? In my parenting, in my marriage, I have learned that, it, that when I boast in my weakness, then I am made strong. He comes, and then it's all just grace, and it's abundance, and it's um, provision. It's all the things. He comes, and all the things comes, come with him. They did not believe God because they counted themselves experienced, mature, and qualified leaders. So, faith. We grow in faith. We fight fear. Um, and there are those two. Fear of the Lord. Fear of the Lord, the awe and trembling at his vast power, at the greatness of God. An acknowledgement in your inner being that produces action. Fear of the Lord produces holiness. It produces a commitment to obedience because you would rather obey and look weird than disappoint or displease the Father because of your great love for him, your trust in him, and the fact that he is all-powerful, <laughs> that he's got all, and that when his presence comes, we're flattened to the floor. Like we are, yeah, fighting against God, pushing back against God, being real casual about the presence of God, not a good idea. Um, prioritization of obedience to the spirit of God over all other things, a holy fear of displeasing the Lord, and a mantle of honor, respect, and care in representing God and, and the name of his son. The opposite of the fear of the Lord is this casual, kind of acceptable relationship with sin um, in our own lives, in our own lives. So... Um, yeah, and then compassion. I added compassion because compassion preceded every miracle of Jesus. He was moved with compassion, and so, you know, the widow, not the widow, the woman who was grieving her son, he was in the box. They were walking. He was in the coffin, and Jesus raised him up. He had compassion on the crowd. They were hungry, and he had compassion on them, and the miracle of the feeding occurred. One of our daughters struggled um, between around age three with severe constipation. This is a heartbreaking thing. The pain that it causes to a small child and the drama and the distress that it causes to a parent and your inability to get a handle on it, um, I just cannot be overstated. It was just distressing. And one night we were coming home from a really joyful time that we had had with friends and I saw it was coming. It was going to happen. It's working itself up again. And um, 
I was downstairs, Jason was upstairs with her in the bathroom, and I got a revelation that there was joy set before us. We were planning a family movie night. We were going to have fun. There was joy set before us, and this was the enemy is going to steal it. This was stealing from us. This physical problem was stealing over and over and over from us. We'd been to the doctor. We had done all the things. And once I got, I'm a fighter. Once I know the, the enemy, I just could see it. I could see it very, very clearly that this was a violation of the boundaries And I went upstairs and I walked up to her and she was sitting there and I remember my heart feeling overwhelmed with compassion for her. And I put my hands on her head and I just began to pray, not like forcefully, I just prayed in the name of Jesus. And that's all as farther I got. I felt power be released from my hands. And immediately it went through her body and it was released through her body with no pain it was over. It was over. And I felt it. And I was in awe. I was in awe. And um, compassion preceded it. And so did the knowledge and the revelation of what was happening, the discerning of what was happening, the faith that the name of Jesus was what I needed. The boldness, okay, I'm just going to, I'm going to move along. The boldness to walk upstairs and do it And then the spoken word. You never see Jesus, you know, delivering someone silently. This praying in our head thing, there's a place for it. How many times have I prayed in my head, please make that baby stop crying in the name of Jesus, I pray. I bind their tongue in Jesus' name. It never worked. Not a single time did I take authority over babies crying in the name of Jesus and it worked. It didn't. It just didn't. Um, But I spoke the name of Jesus with boldness. So this is the picture God gave me. Compassion and fear of the Lord went in the center for a very specific reason, and it's because I've seen ministries that are preaching Jesus, and they have knowledge of the word far beyond what I may ever possess on this earth. They have faith. They preach faith. They are bold. They're speaking the word of God, and they have a measure of power. But I've seen those ministries crumble in because they lacked compassion and rather were putting weights on the people about you're not praying it right. You're not, you need to say it this way, or you need to do it this way, or they were putting weights on the people, or they had hidden sins of the heart that they were tolerating in themselves or in their families or in their congregations. God is far more concerned about sins of the heart than he is sins of the body. Do you know that the church loves to talk about more the the outward sins of the world than they like to talk about the inward sins of themselves. This is the fear of the Lord. And I've seen ministries crumble. And you can see that in the picture, right? It would, if those two were weak and they begin to break and it crumbles in. And then that is not, that does not glorify God. I just am so desperate to glorify God that I gotta, I gotta know, Lord, give me the picture. And he gave me the picture. So, um, because I am a fighter, and I am, I'm a fighter. I have another picture. Ed, can you put that other picture up for me? This is what he showed me. Um, can you put that other one up for me? The enemy is, has a counterfeit. For every principle of the kingdom, nothing he does is original because he does not have the ability to be creative. He is not made in the image of God we are, which is why it fuels his hatred for us, 
because we are made in the image of God. We have the ability to be, to create and to be creative. So this is what the Lord showed me is his imitation, his perversion. This is how he builds his illusion of power. This is what it is. The opposite of knowledge is ignorance and it will destroy. The opposite of faith is fear and it will cause people to to uh, forfeit their authority and their power. He uses condemnation and putting weights on us and on the people and instead of compassion. Compassion, Jesus was moved with compassion over and over. Compassion is love plus grace working in conjunction together. The sins of the heart. And on this, he builds lies. And then he uses timidity to get us to not take action in those, I mean, I'm just going to be honest. I, the Lord has asked me to do things before and I have not done them. I've held back. I'm like, ooh, that would be weird. Friday night, Maureen, Friday night, I stood there. The Lord told me to go and say something to someone, to tell them this story. And I was just like, well, this, that's going to be weird. It's becoming the red flag. When I hear the word weird, I'm like, oh, okay, I'm going to go do it. Like, I, conversation done. Um, so timidity and then silence. This is a big one for me. When I find, I mean, I just wrestle, wrestle, wrestle all day with an issue. And 35 seconds out of opening my mouth, after opening my mouth, it's settled. And I mean, so I don't know, there's, I can grow in every single one of these, but knowing the enemy, it just gives me a pivot point. When I hear the language of fear, I pivot into faith. Um, when I, when I sense that timidity, I pivot into boldness. Um, and so this picture was also equally helpful to me. I, I want to walk in power. Mostly, I just don't want to fail. I have one, one lifetime to, um, to bring glory to God, to, to partner with him and see his kingdom grow, to see his kingdom come here. And I want to be a part of that. I feel like that's a common thread every time I get up here, whether I'm talking about parenting or I'm talking about faith, talking about authority this morning. I'm talking about authority that produces power because there's no point in having authority over nothing. You know, I have authority in my home and it's so that I can operate in the power of the Holy Spirit to see my children grow, to see my children grow even beyond me in faith, in authority and power and on and on it goes. So I'm going to close because I have to. Um, <laughs> I'm going to close. And as, as the Lord began to, as he sh- when he showed me this, this uh, you know, structure, the word timidity reminded me, the Holy Spirit reminded me. There was a prophetic word that I got in my time with the Lord in January, very beginning of January. And um, I got so excited because I didn't know who the word was for, and it just kind of sat there in my journal, and then the Lord brought it out. So, um, Sid, you can come on up, because that'll help me to close. It'll remind me. Um, And y'all can stand up with me. I'm just going to pray. I'm going to read this prophetic word. I'm going to share it with you. I'm going to pray over us that we would be working light bulbs, that we would defeat the darkness completely and instantly as we step into authority, that where there is fear, 
we will grow in faith, that truth will uproot lies, that compassion and grace would flood our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus, that condemnation would no longer torment, terrorize, and weigh down the people of God. Condemnation is tied to performance. It's tied to religion. It's why the Pharisees were so angry at Jesus all the time. Because he kept company with the lowly. He kept company with the broken. I'm going to pray that as a people and as a body, we would just be so aware of the vast greatness of God and that our hearts would be burn for holiness, for holiness. And not as a matter of religion, not as a matter of following the law, but rather following the spirit and honoring God and representing him well. You know, I can't watch some of the things I used to be able to watch on TV. It's not because I'm better than the people who watch that. It's because it used to not grieve me, and now it grieves me. Things have begun to grieve me more and more and more. And I know that it's just the Lord refining my heart. The prophetic word was regarding the disciples of Jesus in this age. I was reading in Luke chapter 5. Um, it was in verses 27 to 31. I believe it's when he called Matthew. And this is what it was. He really did call and equip and love the lowly ones. Those who were of no reputation or even of poor reputation. Tax collector. Those who are plucked from the lowly places they reach back into the darkness and they pull others into salvation. They have nothing to qualify them other than friendship with God, a testimony of rescue, and the boldness to speak, act, and obey in the face of all resistance. People of God, throw off fear and timidity and the kingdom will grow. The power of God will spread out like wildfire in all directions. Father, we receive that word in every heart here today, God, every heart here and every body of believers represented here. God, I thank you that we are a small part of a global church that submits themselves to you fully, that enthrones you as the head. God, purify us, purify our hearts and our minds, purify our mouths our tongues. Father, break every partnership with sin. Open our eyes, God, to see them. Open our eyes, God, that we would have open eyes. And give us boldness, God, boldness and volume to take action. That power would be wielded against the kingdom of darkness, and that we would see those who are captive be set free in Jesus' name. That we would see the lost saved, that we would see the sick healed, that we would see families thriving. 
There's one more, Jason. What is it? And that we would see lives transformed in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Father, we submit to you today. Grow us, Lord. Lead us, Father. And let us receive all that you have for us. In Jesus' name. All right, church. I'm just going to read this benediction over you out of Romans 15. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. We're going to have some prayer teams up here. Uh, If you need prayer, get prayer. I need prayer like all the time. I take his hand. I put it on my forehead and say, pray for me. We take authority over each other, over each other's lives. Ask someone, say, will you take authority over this with me? Can we, can we agree? So they'll be up here. I invite you to come up and get prayer. Other than that, I dismiss you. Have a great week.